the IRS has a term that they call a de minimis fringe benefit. And when it comes to gift cards, they're actually considered the same as cash. And also go on to further explain that that is any amount. Are you a business leader looking for strategies and tactics to help you navigate leadership and HR challenges as you scale? Each week on While We Were Working, we bring you our 35 plus years of experience doing exactly this for companies just like yours. For more game-changing HR and leadership insights and to connect with us, check us out at whilewewereworking.com. Hey, thanks for tuning in to While We Were Working. This is episode 24 of the program, and we're so thrilled that you're listening and watching. We are talking all about should HR snoop on employee social media accounts and are gift cards taxable income? For more on that, let's go ahead and get started with our co-host, as always, Summer Keytron, who's our consulting practice manager. And first, though, let's start with High Low Buffalo. All right. Well, I'll go ahead and kick us off. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. We have a very, very interesting uh, couple of topics in store for you today. So don't you go anywhere. You'll definitely want to learn a little bit more about uh, taxation of gift cards. And then also, um, if your HR team should be monitoring your employee social media accounts. But before we do, we'll start with High Low Buffalo. And this is where we share a highlight, a low, and something random from our week. And we also do this internally with our team as a great way to connect. So let's change things up. And uh, I'm I'm not going to put you too much on the spot, Joey, but do you want to kick off your high, low Buffalo? And then maybe I'll go second this time. Yeah. My high is uh, looking forward to some, some travel. Um, family and I were going to be going to uh, Florida for a couple days. So that's going to be a fun trip. Um, the low, uh, no lows this week. And um, Buffalo is that, uh, you know, we're coming up on on Cinco de Mayo and uh, I will just say, you know, a lot of times we we as, as Americans kind of butcher the essence and meaning of what that is. And so let's not go too crazy on uh, Cinco de Mayo and, and let's respect that it's a it's an actual holiday that has actual meaning. Um, so that's my, my Buffalo. What about you, Summer? Well, like you, uh, travel has been on the agenda and my high of the week was most recently being able to celebrate my birthday uh, with my boyfriend at Aulani in Hawaii. So for those of you that are Disney fans, you know that Aulani is one of their incredible resorts in Hawaii and I've wanted to go for so, so long. Uh, and it feels kind of weird going without kids, you know, just going as adults. But I think um, that you're never too old to enjoy the Disney magic. Um, and so that was definitely the high of being able to spend it uh, with my special person. And my low was just not wanting to leave. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's like it, it's 
it's so fun uh, to have those experiences. But when it comes time to go, um, it's always a bit of a bummer. And we're going to make this high level buffalo a Disney trifecta. And I'll share a fun fact about Disney. And that was that most people think that Mickey was the first character that Disney created, but it was not. It was actually Oswald, who was a rabbit. Wow. So that's funny because I think of, uh, was it Roger Rabbit or um, (laughs) Bugs Bunny? Um, Maybe there were just too many rabbits uh, in the character cartoon character space. And so Disney said, we're going to, we're going to zig where others zag and, and have a mouse instead of a, a rabbit. That's pretty, that's pretty interesting. <laughs> yes. I thought it was interesting as well. I think, you know, kind of wrapping up our high low Buffalo, we've got some great topics to chat about. Are you ready to dive into while we were working? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Well, I'll go ahead and kick us off for while we were working. This is where Joey and I look at some of the most recent events or news articles in the people leadership and HR space. And we like to pick an article that we think is a hot topic, um, certainly worthy of some discussion and likely something that you missed because we know that you were so busy working. So Joey, what article do we have today? This week, we have an article that is from HRCA Magazine. It's actually Human Resources Director. The topic is, should HR monitor employees' social media accounts? And the author is John Corrigan. So, I will go ahead and say, first of all, that it is a good idea uh, to know where your employees are working, to know that they're that they're logged in and that they can access the tools that they need. Um, in a previous episode, we talked about how uh, like forty percent of HR had no idea where their employees were working these days. So I do think you should be able to know kind of where your team is and if they need any resources from you. Um, but I don't think that uh, this is the same question. This question is about, should you be snooping on social media accounts? Um, I, I'm kind of conflicted uh, because I've seen in investigations where monitoring social media accounts has been helpful to reach a decision. But I also believe that employees should be able to conduct themselves online um, and, and have some agency over how they conduct themselves online. So what I would say, um, I'll start there and then I'll let you give your thoughts and then I'll kind of put some boundaries and guardrails around my thoughts of when it's okay to monitor a uh, social media and when it shouldn't be. So Summer, I don't want to hijack the conversation. What are your, what are your thoughts? Well, I, there's so much to chat about here. And, you know, first I'll start by saying that In regards to social media, there are so many different platforms. And from an employer standpoint, you know, I always lean towards LinkedIn because, you know, it's content that is intended to be viewed by potential employers. And so I tend to keep uh, my monitoring, if you will, or my research, which is really, I think, a more appropriate term 
to LinkedIn because I feel like um, job seekers or current employees should know, uh, and I think they do, that that information that they share and the engagement they have on that platform is likely to be seen by their employer or a potential employer. Um, but when it comes to all others, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, like the list goes on, I think that it starts to get into um, very scary territory. And like you said, I do believe that there may be, in some instances, a time and a place to go look. Uh, but I don't agree with making it a standard practice for every employee you hire or you know, maybe even like a reg on a regular schedule going out and looking to see what your employees are posting. But I think that there are exceptions to this. And I have a feeling, Joey, that you wanted to talk about maybe some of the exceptions. Yeah. So uh, the, if you work in a leadership capacity in HR for any period of time these days, your investigations are going to somehow cross paths with somebody's social media. So uh, one example I could give is obviously, um, you know, stalking at work. And if folks are doing things that they shouldn't be online um, and it's uh, harassing other individuals at work for the purpose of investigating uh, that case, um, you do want to make sure that you're checking in and seeing if there's any harmful activity happening online. Um, another example that I had, and maybe this is a, this is a, a consultant's corner all by itself, but, um, there was an organization where the, uh, senior leader of that organization was, was watching porn and spending the company's money, uh, and leaving trails of it on, uh, on, on chat boards, like Reddit. <laughs> so, you know, um, for the purpose of the investigation, we had to do some digging and figure that stuff out. Uh, another one would be, um, you know, there's, there's the NLRB, which gives people the right to complain about their job, right. And right to complain in open forums. Um, and that's an instance where as a HR consulting firm, we're actually there to protect the employee's rights because if they're venting about their day in a way that is consistent with the rights afforded the NLRB, um, they should be able to. But I believe um, venting and um, talking with, with your employees in public settings, that could trigger some of the violations for the NLRB. And in that case, you want to make sure that you got a, a copy of uh, or a pulse check on what's happening on socials. And so that could be Facebook, that could be chat boards, that could be Instagram, that could be Twitter. If someone is maybe a little more volatile, if they just like got some news that they're not aware of, I could go all day, right? There's plenty of s stories around social media and how you, how you use it. But, but I'm trying to give some practical guardrails around like, to your point, Summer, when to go looking as opposed to just feeling like you have to be observing 24-7. I don't think you should be observing 24-7, uh, but if there is an issue that warrants a, a look into someone's social media, I'd say look for that purpose. But other than that, let people be people.
I think that that's the, like the best way to sum up the guidance that, that I do share, which is if you don't have a reason to be looking, don't go looking because you may find something that you're now conflicted or you now know that may, uh, you know, may, may weigh on you. And if things were okay before going out and finding that information, then they need to be okay after. I think the exception to this is that, of course, if you're tipped off or you have a reason to go looking and you find something that is a violation of company policy or is uh, a statement that would put uh, the company's business at risk or the business would suffer damage from doing so. So, of course, if you find something like that, then you better hope that you have a policy in place to enforce whatever the next steps of appropriate action are. Um, and so I think to, uh, to your point, there's so many stories that uh, we could share uh, that are examples of this. One really quick one that I encountered was a uh, employee who we had, uh, when I worked at a different company, we had had complaints about uh, concerns of comments this individual had made or perceived threats of violence and employees were a little bit concerned about their safety. So of course, uh, you know, we uh, interviewed a couple of other coworkers to try to assess the risk here. And when we went out to this individual's socials, which were completely public, we did find uh, really disturbing remarks, a lot of photos that were of violent acts, weapons that this individual had, and it did, you know, it did elevate, you know, kind of the concerns from an employer standpoint. So I think there are instances where it can be helpful. Like in that case, you know, it helped us determine what next steps were. Um, but, you know, you're going to see things that you likely shouldn't. And that brings me to my last point. I'm going to, I'm going to ask it as a question. Joy, what's your rule for friending uh, coworkers or, um, you know, individuals that are in close professional circles, do you have kind of a standard rule that you follow? I would say when, when I was in corporate, um, my rule was I wouldn't friend or follow colleagues, but now as a, as a entrepreneur, thought leader, whatever you want to call it, I'm more, I'm more okay with following folks on the team and they following me, but I, I don't, I don't force that on anyone either. So, you know, if it's, for example, a, a Instagram or a Twitter where you kind of um, accept people in, I don't, I don't force that. So I, I mentioned this because I think it is on topic in a great way to kind of wrap up this part of our show. My general recommendation is that if you are working, uh, if you are a leader uh, or part of the management team, of a company, I definitely recommend uh, that you think twice about friending your coworkers, uh, just kind of for the same reasons that we said earlier, you know, they may, or you may uh, see things or learn things about these individuals that then make that work relationship a little bit challenging, but there is a solution. And the solution is uh, if you insist on friending them, then make two profiles, one, which is, you know, kind of your work slash professional profile, you post certain things uh, there. Um, and then, 
your personal. But of course, by doing so, you still run the risk of seeing things that these other individuals may be posting. Um, but if you insist on interacting, um, then that's kind of the, the happy medium solution that I propose. Yeah. Yeah. I like that solution. I like that. Okay. We'll go ahead and jump into our consultant's corner. And Consultant's Corner is where we talk about issues from the trenches, topics that we're seeing, and questions from the community. So if you have a question that you want to tackle on the show, reach out to us at hello at jumpstart-hr.com and we'll talk about it in the open. And uh, you won't have to friend us or request us to, to hear the answer. Um, this week, we are talking about... Uh, and I know, you know, we just passed tax time, but it's always a fun time to talk taxes and money, right? So this week we got a question and I believe this was, is this a client question or from the community? It was a client question. All right, great. Yeah. So this was a, a client question and they said, our company likes to give gift cards to employees and our new HR person said that they have to be taxed. We've never done that before. Have you heard of this? So, Summer, I'll let you give the context behind this one. Um, I do have experience with uh, gift cards, and um, I kind of think I know where you're going to go with this, but let's go ahead and take it away. Absolutely. I know that taxes and the IRS, especially this time of year, it doesn't, you know, doesn't necessarily make everyone feel great. But I do think that it's really important to understand the law in regards to this because it is um, not only very common to make this mistake in small companies, but I've actually seen it in large organizations as well. So the takeaway here is that if you are a business leader, uh, small business owner, HR professional, anybody uh, in an organization, uh, payroll folks that do see gift cards being awarded in your organization, uh, to please listen up because we want you to get this right. Okay, we want you to make sure that you minimize your risk uh, and that you're compliant. So I uh, thought that we talk about this one today. So first, let's tackle a little bit of uh, what the IRS rules are surrounding this. So the IRS has a term that they call a de minimis fringe benefit. And when it comes to gift cards, they're actually considered the same as cash. And also go on to further explain that that is any amount, okay? Because there's this very common misunderstanding that if it's under $25, that it's, um, it, it, it doesn't count, that it doesn't qualify. And the IRS says, so sorry, any amount actually counts and must be taxable. So I won't go into like, kind of all of the reasons why, but essentially because it's easy to administratively determine the value of that, uh, the IRS says that if you are a company that gives gift cards or um, other de minimis fringe benefits like season tickets to sporting events or membership in a private country club or athletic facility, using employer-owned facilities like an apartment, or uh, if maybe your company's super fancy and they've got a boat, those types of things are actually taxable. Now, I know I'm totally just ruining everybody's fun. Yeah, because I wanted a company boat summer. 
<laughs> well, actually, I think I heard Joey that you were taking boating lessons. I think we talked about me convincing you to buy a boat. So uh, perhaps you're going to be the one that's buying the company boat soon. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. So uh, just to kind of recap this, when it comes to gift cards and some other benefits that you may be offering your employees, unfortunately, I hate to be the bearer of the bad news. These are taxable. These are taxable. So I think you have a solution on how to tackle this. So we're not saying don't award these to your team members, but there's kind of a second step that we need to do to make sure that we're doing it right. Joey, you want to take that part? Yeah, I, uh, I'd love to take that part and you can sort of, um, if you've got some, some additions that you wanted to do, but you know, there's this idea of, uh, grossing up, um, grossing up a benefit and, um, there are plenty of calculators online. Um, I think we can help you with, with this as well. We've got a, a CPA on our team that typically will handle, uh, payroll matters, but, um, you want to gross up the benefit so that you're aware of what those taxes are for you and for the employee. Um, and in addition to that, you want to make sure that it's uh, registered on payroll records. Um, there's a way to add it to payroll records where it's tracked for the purpose of W-2 income at the end of the year. Um but it's not necessarily like you're not giving the $25 through a gift card and then you're giving $25 through payroll. Uh, it's just tracking it for, for that sake. And um, if you have any questions about how to do that, uh, you can reach out to us and we'll, we'll help you. Um, but that's the, that's the extra step that uh, you should be doing. Um, Summer, are there any other thoughts about that process or any best practices that you're seeing or recommending? There absolutely is because what we're finding is that many companies uh, don't understand how to do this properly and they want to do it right. So there is a little bit of this transition period. And, you know, one of the things that we work through with our clients is, you know, first understanding why this exists to implementing the process, as you indicated, to set up their payroll system, to apply the tax effect uh, on the payroll records to ensure that the team members are being taxed on the value of what they receive. But there's also the communicating it to team members as well so that they don't suddenly see something hit their check that they're so confused about. And I think this is really important because if you're giving somebody a gift card, there's a reason, right? You are giving them something that you want them to appreciate. Now imagine if they're super excited to get this gift card and then like their paycheck's lower and they don't understand why. And you're like, Oh, cause it's, you got a gift card. Like now it's not going to have that same like exciting effect at the same level. If they're like, well, that's a bummer. So the key here is to communicate in advance and yeah. just create a policy so that everybody understands that you know, we have this policy that, you know, our company wants to be compliant. We're going to follow the policy. This is how it's going to work. So please know if you get a gift card that you will see it on your paycheck, no surprises. And, and, and then it's, it's really that easy, but I have had situations where this has not gone so well. 
we've got we've got time. We've got time. Let's go ahead and hear it. Considering offering gifts or gift cards in the future. So where I've seen this happen is companies like to give out holiday gifts. And in this instance, they were gift cards to a wide variety of stores, venues, um, theme resorts, and they were just kind of random. So sometimes what would happen is a team member would get a gift card that was to something that of course they were grateful for the gift, but that they wouldn't necessarily use. Right. And sometimes team members would trade amongst themselves and that was great. But in the event that somebody received one that they wouldn't be using, well, now they're kind of bummed because they were going to be taxed on something that they were never going to use. Yeah. Right. So I only call that out because I think it's really important to evaluate like one that you have this process in place, but two, how it's actually playing out within your organization. If you are giving gifts, because again, how bummer would it be as a company to give a gift and then it maybe not have the intended effect with your team member. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And that's part of the effective HR, which is communication. Um, awareness and communication. And if you are an organization that struggles with either of those, uh, we're a team that can help you. And so, um, you know, if, if, if I think we've reached the end of, of this topic, but as you mentioned, Summer, there's implications throughout the year, whether it's those spot gift cards, whether it's holiday gift cards, whatever the case may be. Um, you know, graduation season is coming. And so maybe there's some folks on your team that may be graduating or their, their family members are graduating and you want to give, give gift cards to show support. Um, you know, make sure you're doing it the right way so that it's a, a benefit to all parties involved. And like I said, if you need help with that, reach out to us at jumpstart-hr.com. Uh, we're going to go ahead and, and wrap up this episode for the week. But if you enjoyed it, make sure you leave a good review on Apple Podcasts, uh, share it with your team. It's a great conversation for your senior leadership team to discuss to make sure that your people strategy and your, um, your compliance is, in, is intact. And we're going to see you uh, next week for episode 25. Uh, and I think um, Summer's still reeling from her birthday celebration. I'm getting ready to jump to Florida, but you will see us next week. So have a great week and we'll see you soon. Thanks everyone. See you then. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with your friends and coworkers. And as always, you can find more info and additional resources at whilewewereworking.com. We